Welcome to the All Night Show. In this episode, I sit down and I have an interview with my papa, Marion Jr. Ashley. Papa was a um, South Korea Navy vet. Um, he was a father of five. He was a hard worker, um, survivor of the Great Depression. A man that's seen a lot in his 92 years on this earth. And um, I think that it's crucial that we, as a society, again realize the benefit of passing knowledge one, from one generation to the next. And to sit down and have these conversations with the ones who have gone before us before it's too late before we have the opportunity. Um, this was done for selfish reasons. Um, being the man Pap always, um, there was never a real close relationship as a kid. Actually, he used to scare the crap out of me, to be completely honest. I told him right before the interview when he asked why I wanted to do this, um, it was basically because there was a lot of questions that I have always had that I would rather have the answer coming straight from him rather than from mom or an aunt or an uncle. I wanted to hear his response and it took me this long and getting this close to missing my opportunity before I had the confidence to sit down with such an amazing man and just get a recount of um, of his his journey here. And like I said, he doesn't believe that he done anything special. Um, I tried the end to get him to maybe verge into the philosophical realm a little bit and you know the environment that he was raised in it taught him that he had to put his head down and get things done and a lot of that's still true today um it makes you wonder what kind of man could have blossomed if he would have been allowed to have the education that so many of us get the chance to get today. But it was ultimately one of the best conversations I've ever had. I'm so glad I finally sat down and done it. I hope to get back by and get a little bit more detailed information on some of the stuff that you'll hear about in today's episode. I'm also wanting to do... Um, the same thing I'm also wanting to do the same thing with uh, my nanny and get her story being from overseas I I've heard so many things and nanny is kind of opposite um, me and her have always had a really great relationship she's such a great storyteller and um, hopefully she will agree to it maybe she won't hear this and get scared um but ultimately i hope to start doing interviews of you know basically anybody who has a story they want to tell um i don't think that there's anything out there that's not important you know if you have a story about your perspective of the way things are going right now i think it's important that we start talking about these things openly um, and with our community, um, because Papaw, he, he did agree off of the interview that he believed that we are due for some more hard times, maybe as bad as, he couldn't remember a whole lot about the depression, but he knew how, how tough it was, uh, he, he does talk about that a little bit, um, but he agrees that, you know, we're we're facing some rough times with what's going on in the in the recent past I, you know 
several decades there's so many things but you know ultimately what's happened in the past year year and a half I don't think a lot of people in society realize how big of a blow that is to the world's you know economic structure not just ours and uh, whether we want to believe it or not we are global now uh, we are a global people we can communicate all around the world so rather than to continue to blame one another for our differences and for not seeing eye to eye on everything it it sounds so you know mystical woo woo that we could come together under a common cause but ultimately we may be forced into that situation and the more prepared we are for any eventuality the better the outcome will be um, and the more context of, we have of what has happened in the past we know what we face in the future is not going to be a repeat of the past we have new technologies now which should aid us you know through our struggles but it's up to us to make that journey and um, I'm a believer that a little context of past events and how people manage to make it through those events they can apply to what we may be facing in the future um, I hope you guys enjoy this like I said um, if there's anyone out there that may be interested in sitting down and having a little chat with me and not minding that potentially the whole world could hear it one day uh, reach out to me y'all drop by allnighthomestead.com uh, I am posting these I'm just sharing them on Facebook I'm not active on there for anything I have commented um, I, I do try to reply to comments uh, but I spend most of my time on MeWe and Float I'm also on Telegram um, maybe I'll do an episode explaining why I use those platforms and as you can tell y'all drop by odyssey.com all night homestead on odyssey like share comment on my videos would be much appreciated y'all have a great weekend So sitting here with my papaw. How old are you this year, papaw? Ninety-two. Ninety-two. What year were you born? Nineteen twenty-eight. Nineteen twenty-eight. Uh, you were born here in South Mississippi. In Mize. In Mize. Okay. So that uh, your parents. What were their names? My daddy was named John Wiley. Uh huh. And my mama was named Delta Beatrice. Delta Beatrice, okay. Your full name is Marion... Marion... Junior. Junior. That is the name they gave me, Junior. Okay. I've asked my mama, why did you put Junior in there? She said, well, I didn't do it. <laughs> One of your aunts wanted to name you Junior. Okay, after... <laughs> Maybe a I grandfather or something? I, I don't know. Okay. I don't know what it was. Yes, yeah, sir. But it, that come from an aunt. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, you grew up in Mize, 1928. What? No, no, no. I didn't grow up in Mize. You were just born in Mize. I was so born there, was a, there, but we moved away, I don't know when, quick, after I was born. Yes, sir. And moved to the Center Ridge... Smith County community. I don't know how many miles away, but uh, that's where I grew up till I was about 10. Okay. From the time I was born in Mize until we uh, left Center Ridge, I, I was about 10 then when we left. Yeah. So in Center Ridge, did was there a was there a community school or did yeah, you go to no, were y'all all in regular, one classroom class, different regular, ages were all kind of in one classroom all in one room okay all in one room and the teacher did 
So I've heard back then in those classroom situations that, you know, the older kids helped the younger kids with their learning. The teacher was more there for just managing the classroom type scenario. I don't know about that. Okay. Do you remember... Do you remember a lot about the about the school and how it was? Do you remember any good things about school? Any no, nothing really. No. Did you? Oh no! How old were you? I hated it. You hated going. <laughs> so you would rather wake up and stay at the house and oh, help God. work around the house and stuff. The first day Mom carried me to the school, we walked. It wasn't but about a mile to the schoolhouse. Do you remember the name of it? Sir, uh, well, it's... It doesn't just, matter. Just Center. Center Ridge School. Okay. All I remember. Yes, sir. And uh, he carried me up there, and I wasn't going inside. <laughs> the, the school was built with a little porch on it, I remember. It had wood posts on each side of the steps. And when I went up, I locked my hand around that post. And she had to pull me loose. Hmm. Carried me in there, and, and here come my teacher. I'll never forget that woman's name. was. She was a miss. She wasn't married. Okay. Miss Grant. Miss Grant. <laughs> oh, she babied me. She talked sweet to me. And boy, I mean, I fell right in there with her. Okay. She <laughs> went in that school. <laughs> and it was a lot different than better. Yeah. Was, yeah. <sighs> so did y'all, was it like an all-day thing? Y'all did all different kinds of subjects while y'all were there? Or did was y'all only there for a couple hours? or Like uh, today, we, we send our kids off at 7, they come I, home I, at like I 4. I really don't remember. Okay, but you walked remember. every day, or did did they ever have a bus, or was you always walking to school? Well, later on, a school bus started coming by. Okay. In the year. Uh-huh. And I didn't have to walk every day. Yes, sir. Rode that school bus, an old wooden body on it, that had benches in there for seats. Uh-huh. Two rows of benches on each side and a double row of benches right down the middle of the truck. Yes, sir. School bus. It had a body on it like a school bus. Okay. But it was homemade. It wasn't right. bought. Okay. So just something, <laughs> just something the community kind of put together. For, I guess for so. For the school? Yeah. Okay. Well, one thing I, important I didn't ask you, and I meant to ask you, brothers and sisters. What? Brothers and sisters. Do you have any brothers and sisters? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, had four in the family. Mm-hmm. I mean, four kids. Uh, I had an older brother that was born first, and he died at birth. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know what his name is. I didn't, 19... 19 and 19, Mama said. Yes, sir. And the next one was a girl. Her name was Jewel. Jewel's all I remember. Jewel. And then I came along. I was the third one. Mm-hmm. And then I had one sister below me, Ruth. Her name was Ruth. Okay. And I don't know, about two years younger than me, I guess. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. She's dead now. Okay. But I think, Everything dead except me. I think Aunt Ruth is the only one that I ever remember meeting as a kid. Is that right? Who? That Aunt Ruth was the only one I ever met as a kid. I, I don't know. I, I don't know or was she did or not. I think, or was there an Aunt Ruth on Mammon's side too? Yeah. Okay. That, yeah, I may they be were. thinking of Mammon's. Okay. That was uh, Mammon Flint's oldest daughter. Okay. Okay. Ruth. Ruth was her name. That's right. Okay. Well, yeah. All right. Well, okay. So we, you got your brothers and sisters. Y'all was at Center Ridge. You said to you it was about 10. Uh, we lived. So we moved away up uh, 
in about 35, 1935. Did y'all live on... Did y'all have y'all's own private land house, or was y'all... Yeah, yeah. Like renting a place no. from somewhere? My granddaddy had 80 acres, I was told. Mm-hmm. And he gave my daddy 40 of it. Okay. That was back when the government was giving them land. Yes, sir. It'd give you 80 acres. That's right. Well, uh, then about 1935... The county, or the and the, and the state, I guess, come up with the idea of taxing, putting taxes, mm-hmm. land taxes on everybody. Yeah. What they didn't know and didn't care was how we was gonna pay for it. Uh, yes, sir. We was just barely getting by. Uh huh. Now this is a great depression. Okay. They called it. That's right. In 1935, I think it was around 35 or 38, mm-hmm. my daddy and mama gave it up. They said to hell with it, with it, with it, with the land. Did they sell or did they just no, walk they away and gave it to the bank? Off. Just... We just walked off. Okay. And the county, I guess, or the Acquired state got it. it. Mm-hmm. And then somebody came along a uh, and paid 20 cents tax on it, whatever. Yeah. It wasn't much. Because heck, it wasn't making much back then, mm-hmm. in those days. Now, did y'all produce anything on the land when y'all was... With what? Were y'all producing anything on the oh, land? Oh, yeah, yeah. I know, y'all were Corn probably... And y'all probably produced a lot of y'all's own food as yeah, well, right? Oh, and yeah, yeah. Even meat. Y'all probably yeah. raised y'all's own meat as well. Hog meat. We didn't have no beef. Y'all didn't have any milk it cows? Was hog meat. Okay, y'all did mostly hogs. <coughs> yeah, during them hog killing days on winter winter times, everybody had about four or five big hogs to kill. Mm-hmm. And then Mama would ask everybody within 10 miles of the house to come and help us. We're going to start killing them tomorrow. They'd kill them then and scrape the hair off of them. We didn't skin them. Scrape the y'all hair off of them. Y'all scalded them. Did y'all scald them before y'all scraped them? Did y'all dip them in the big scalding? Uh, in a big 60-gallon barrel, hot boiling water. Okay. Put one end in there first, mm-hmm. pull it out, turn them around, and put the other end of the hog in there. Mm-hmm. And that hair would come right off then with a, a knife, just scraping it off. Now, whenever y'all dispatched the hogs, did y'all cut them or did y'all shoot them before y'all? Do you I remember, remember that? Daddy, uh, hit them with an axe. Okay. They was in a pen, mm-hmm. and he he'd reach over there with that axe, turn the sharp end of the axe the other way, mm-hmm. and take that blunt end That's, of the axe. Okay. And hit them right in the right, head. Right there. Okay. They'd kill them and just... That's right. Then get them out on the ground. And bleed. Stick them in the juggler vein right here in the neck. Mm-hmm. And then, boy, that blood would just scoog out of there. Okay. Get all of that out of there. And we go to work on them. Mm-hmm. And it'd take about three days, four days. I mean, nothing wasn't thrown away. Yeah. Nothing. Did y'all salt a lot of the meat, or did y'all smoke a lot? Yeah, smoked it. Smoked a lot of meat? Did y'all have y'all's own homemade smoker there at the house? No, in a smoke house. Okay. Had a house built out there, uh, about less than half of this room here. Mm -hmm. Built a hickory wood spar. Yes, sir. Right in the middle of it. And on a raptor overhead here, had a string tied around the meat, uh-huh. hold through it, uh, the shoulders, and, and, and all of the meat, mm-hmm. and hung up there, and let it hang down about a foot. And then, the rats, the dang rats <laughs> were so bad, they learned how to crawl up that wall, wooden, wooden wall, and come out on that raptor, and jump down on that piece of meat. Come on. And they'd eat a hole in that meat. Mm. 
or whatever they ate on it. Then when Mama started to cook it, she'd cut that part of the out mm-hmm. where they'd eat. Yeah. And cook it, bake them, make it, slice it up, whatever. And y'all did a, whenever, uh, y'all did a lot of y'all's own meat, so you said y'all planted cotton and corn, corn. and that was that was sharecropping, or was that actually no, y'all were selling was directly? At that place. Okay. But later on, we sharecropped uh-huh. around the country, around Mississippi, South Mississippi, uh-huh. and did it on sharecropping. Okay. And sugar cane, made sugar cane, and then made syrup. Mm. Peanut. Okay. Whoa, you big garden. Oh, we had a big garden. Mm-hmm. And Mama done a lot of canning mm-hmm. in fruit jars. Did y'all have a lot of fruit trees growing, or was it just native stuff that no, y'all would forage for? No, just regular. Like blackberries and... Well, I don't know about blackberries, but I remember... Plum trees, we plum had trees. plum trees. And, and that was on the property y'all had plum yeah, trees? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. All right, what about, did y'all, did y'all do, was there a lot of hunting and fishing? I've heard that the oh, hunting no. and fishing was basically wiped out. No, it wasn't every, nothing. Everything was it wiped wasn't, out. It wasn't a deer in the country then. Y'all, it, I didn't ever know of one. I've heard a lot of stories that during the depression uh you ate basically what you could get your hands on you're right so you were open to eating a lot more of the things that we think of as nasty game now uh but so y'all didn't have any did y'all have any trap lines set up you know for small game type stuff no there's a little creek Mm-hmm. On the back side of our property, mm-hmm. uh, and it was it was just like a little branch almost. It, it was a small, but it had a few little perks. Okay, and that's where I'd fish out in to catch a few little one brim it perch. Yeah, uh, just some type of bluegill or something. Yeah. Um, well, um. Are you okay to keep going for a little bit longer? Or you need to take a break. Yeah, I need a break. Okay. Well, I'm glad. So, you you said that y'all stayed in Center Ridge till you was about ten. Ten. Moved away. Where did y'all move to when y'all uh, left there? Somewhere on the coast. Okay. In Harrison County, I think it was. Mm-hmm. It, the best I remember. Yes, sir. And sharecropped on my old man's land, just like we were doing on our land, but we had to share. He got a fourth of everything that we made. Okay. Cotton. We didn't plant any cotton. I don't know if we planted any cotton, but I know plenty corn. But sharecropping, I'm just trying to clarify what I think it means. He didn't get... Like, y'all didn't take it to market, and he got paid a quarter. He just got a quarter of y'all's, what y'all produced on Probably the land. What and we, yeah. So it's basically the old, like, king takes so much of whatever you produce on your land because yeah. it's the king's land type scenario. Yeah, if we made 10, <laughs> ten bushels of corn, but he got a, a, a fourth of it. Yeah, okay. Bushel, two of it, I forgot what it was. Yeah, about. sir. All right. Yeah. So y'all share crop somewhere on the coast? Yeah, and then we moved back to Jones County. I don't know how many years we stayed down there. Okay. But then we moved back to Jones County. We didn't. We was homesick for Jones County, I guess. Mm-hmm. Came back. And uh, as a place, an old widow woman had some uh, land in, in uh Smith County up there around Center Ridge. We sure cropped on her land. I don't know how many years. And uh, I don't know if I, I don't I don't remember very much about this. Okay, well that's fine. We I mean if you don't remember much about it, that's fine. What um uh, so 
you joined the Navy pretty early, right? That you was, was a teenager, correct? I was 21 years okay. old when I joined the Navy. Okay. In 1950. 1950. August of 50. Okay. Spent four years in there. Where was your basic? San Diego. You went to San California. Diego. I said. But uh, I was put on a ship. After two years of shore duty, they call it, mm-hmm. I walked on a ship some two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they sent me on, put me on a ship, Navy did, an old LST, landing ship tank. Mm-hmm. One of them long ones. They'd load tanks, trucks, jeeps, anything they could get on there for a company of soldiers. Or Marines. Yeah. Load them up. What we were doing was going to Yokosuka, Japan. Taking 13 days to cross the Pacific Ocean. Mm. We wanted to make about 10 miles an hour. Okay. 10 or 12. And, and that was during the Korean conflict, they called it. Yes. It wasn't a war. They didn't call it a war. Mm-hmm. Called it a conflict. But anyway, we go down at Yakuska. That's where we tie the ship up at when we come back. Mm-hmm. Then we'd load up down there with trucks and jeeps and tanks, whatever they wanted to haul. <coughs> tie them down with chains on that ship. Mm-hmm. And here we go to South Korea. Okay. And the ship had two doors on the front. It opened up like that. Mm-hmm. And drive in, and it had a ramp for the top. Had two decks on it. Okay. The top deck and the, and the bottom deck. Okay. And the top deck then had a ramp that drive down on the ground too. Okay. And we'd unload them, and they'd go wherever they were going. Mm. In South Korea now, they wasn't they, wasn't, wasn't North Korea that we was unloading them in. Mm-hmm. We were supporting those South old, Korea. People over there, South Koreans, they didn't they didn't even know what we was doing. I don't reckon. <laughs> I remember it snowed one night, about knee deep. Next morning, there was about knee deep of snow. <sighs> And there was an old South Korean man. He was standing out there in that snow looking at the ship. Because the ship went up on the bank. It didn't load, unload from the side. You unloaded. It, it, it went up on the bank and unloaded everything and then backed off mm-hmm. and closed them doors up. And he, he wanted to come aboard. He wanted to come up on the ship. <laughs> I had a gun, a rifle, but I don't think it was loaded. Mm-hmm. But no, I couldn't let him come up there. <laughs> Keep him off. But then when we'd unload, we'd leave there, maybe a day, after a day, mm-hmm. and go back down to Yokosuka, Japan. Tie up down there, we may stay there four or five weeks, maybe stay a week, and not go anywhere. Then they want us to go back up there and get that same bunch or another company of soldiers, load up all of their equipment, and come back down to South uh, to Japan. Mm-hmm. We do that. That take a week. I remember one night we pulled what they called a mock invasion mm-hmm. at the fighting line of. 38th parallel line of, of North Korea. Huh. What it was, there's a bunch of ships out here, carrier, destroyer, all kind of different Navy ships come up to this one about a mile offshore from where the parallel line was, and everybody started opening up the doors we did like we was fixing to come out. 
what it was, it really scared the North Koreans. Mm. And they, they drew back. Mm -hmm. And we heard later that they did, the South American soldiers did gain a, a mile or two in fighting. Okay. But, uh, but the rocket ships would run up and down that side of that beach and shoot rockets. Just mm. as far as the they were coming off of that. Mm. I mean, that was something to see. And then when we got through, we stayed there about an hour or so. A dead gum hurricane, we called them tornadoes, I guess. <laughs> and uh, they called them typhoons. Yeah, typhoons. Yeah. And uh, one of them hit us just as we were fixing to leave. Mm. <coughs> we got turned around on this old ship, all of us did. And the one I was on, my battle station was the steering wheel to steer that rudder, hmm. guide that ship. Of course, there's captain up above me sitting up there telling me which way to go with the compass right here in front of me. Hmm. Put it on 40, 102, or whatever number he wanted. And we were going into that wind and it was so strong that I just, I didn't know what, I didn't know I had any experience. And I turned that wheel too much going into that wind. And that rudder would catch us back yonder, the back end the rudder would, and swing us way around too much. And then I'd get it turned around the other way, feel like driving a car. Yeah, swerving out there. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Woo. And finally, the captain up above me up there in the house, he had to call somebody else that had more experience on that than I did. <laughs> he come down there and we got out of it. Yes, yeah, sir. I bet. God. That's an intense situation oh. there, I bet. Oh, boy. So you was in the Navy for four years. Four years. And spent most of your time in Japan and South Korea. Two about two years over there and about two years over here probably. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then when you got you got out, you come straight back to South Mississippi? Right back and married Virginia Flint. Okay. So did you know Mamon before you Oh left? yeah, I knew that woman a long time. And where'd you meet Mamon at? At her house. Okay. So where she used to live out there. Did y'all, you live next to her or? No. We lived down the road a little ways. Okay, but walking distance. Yeah, at first, oh, I rent, we rented. Virginia and I rented. Mm hmm. Around in Ellisville. Mm hmm. And then we decided that we'd build a house. We got one of them Jim, uh, we built it, uh, a Jim Walters home. Mm hmm, yeah. And I'd have working at the Masonite plant in law. Okay. And at that time, I could buy scrap Masonite siding mm. going on the outside of the house. Mm -hmm. And I bought enough that I walled up the outside of the house. And then later on, got the frame and rooms all built. And I, I walled up the outside and then I started by the four by eight paneling board for the inside yes and I did all of the work all of that put that up by myself it wasn't easy I imagine it was holding that board up there to nail it and where did you get your carpenter skills where did that come from is that something you learned Anywhere as a youngin <laughs> Yeah. It's just something you kind of had to learn as a kid yeah. growing up in your time. Yeah, I just picked it up over time. Okay. And we started having kids. Mm -hmm. uh, Ruth, no, not Ruth. Ruth was a sister to Virginia, mm -hmm. a wife named Virginia. Mm -hmm. You had Cheryl and, first. Uh, you had Aunt Cheryl first. As kids, 
Aunt Cheryl would have been first. Yeah, Cheryl first. And then Aunt Beth. And, and then Beth. And then Denise. And, and then Ma Patty. And your then, mama. And then Uncle Dan. And Uncle Dan. And so you built that house from the ground up and well, raised. A man I, 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 I worked with, he worked on the railroad with me. Mm -hmm. He had to work in New Orleans because he couldn't hold any seniority around law. He lived in Summerland. Mm -hmm. So he uh, he was kind of a, a jack of all trades, I'd call him. And he, the Southern Railroad was selling all of their old, old buildings. Hart Pine, every bit of it. Mm -hmm. And he bought a lot of it. Old building down in New Orleans and tore them down on his off days and hauled them up here. And the foundation of the house out there has got Hart Pine for the raptor mm. under there. Good old wood. And the floor may be, I forgot, it's, it's fine. Uh, and, uh, and originally the carport wasn't there, it was just the house itself, right? Well, I built one single carport okay. as the house was built. And an old man from Cross Leaf River built it. Mm -hmm. Him and his boys, I think it was, two boys. He was kind of the he was the builder of it. No insulation in the house. Mm. And it was cold, Lord, 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 it mm. was cold. <laughs> that first winter we like froze today. And y'all didn't have it. There's no fireplace. What'd y'all use for heat? Just blankets? Butane. Just butane. And heater. butane heater. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and, um, so. You had a barn. I, I think y'all had chickens and stuff at y'all's house, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, so you still thought, is that something that you and Mamma and y'all just decided that y'all wanted for yourself or something y'all thought y'all had to do to make ends meet? We're tired of paying rent. Okay. How did we didn't own? Mm -hmm. So we bought that piece of land, mm -hmm. uh, seven acres. Mm-hmm. And uh, where it's at now, and built a house. <coughs> Take your time, Papa. Drink the water. I'm short windy. I understand. Real short windy. I got talking to him fast. Yes, sir. And I can't breathe good. Take your time. Ain't in no hurry. But I remember the first winter, we had one bathroom, one commode, and, it, and the water froze. We had running water in the house. A fellow from Ellisville was a plumber. He built it, uh, done the plumbing. And, uh, Cavernized pipes, and they froze. Not that it didn't bust. Thank goodness. And a lot of froze. All of them froze. And and we used a commode during the night. The next morning, there's a little creek there close by. That little branch that runs by the house. Mm -hmm. We'd go out there and dip up a bucket of water, bring it in there. And pour it in that commode to flush it. Mm. That's how we flushed it. Because mm -hmm. we didn't have any running water. Yes, sir. But during the day, it'd thaw out and everything be fine. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then later on, I think it was a year or two, uh, got insulation blew, blowed in. It was blowed in there. Mm. It wasn't put in the walls when we built the house. Yeah. And so that helped a lot. Okay. Then, of course, that was in 62. Uh-huh. 1962. We moved in that house then. If we got it to where we could live in it, 
moved in in June mm -hmm. of 62. It, uh, we had to build it up then from then. Got that insulation blew in the wall. Had to come out there and cut little round holes in inside the walls mm. all around us. They put that holes in there and blow oh, that yeah. insulation in there. Yeah. That, is, <coughs> that probably helped it out a ton right there. Hey, what? I, I bet that did help it out a bunch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It had a lot warmer in there then. Yep. And it sealed it up good. I'd work at Mason night. I'd buy them four by eight mm -hmm. for $2 a board. Yes, sir. And uh, they, were, they called them culls. They had a little scratch on them somewhere, maybe. Mm -hmm. Or the corner of the, the four by eight might have been just a little something wrong with it. They couldn't sell it. All right. Get that for $2 a board, I believe it was. And I bought enough to to seal up four, uh, four bedrooms. Mm. Well, yeah, four bedrooms, a hall, bathroom, and a half, <laughs> and a kitchen. Nice. Already had the outside walled up with that masonite siding. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and uh, so, and y'all were living in a rental house when you were building that house, you said? Yeah. Somewhere in Ellisville? Ellisville, okay. yeah. I don't know, don't know where it was at. But I was working at Masonite, then I got on to working at the Southern Railroad in Hattiesburg mm -hmm. in the freight yard. And I was trying to hold on to both of them, <laughs> both jobs. And Masonite got to work. I wasn't coming to work enough. Okay. I was laying off. I uh -huh. didn't have to report, but I wouldn't show up for work. Uh-huh. And then the railroad would call me, and I'd go down there and make tw three times more uh, on the railroad that night mm. than I would at Mason night. Yeah. And, uh... What'd you do at the railroad? Switzerland. Uh, what? In the yard. Switch you, you switch the tracks. Trains. Okay. When trains come in there, they leave a <clears throat> bunch of cars. Okay. Freight cars. And they had to go out, y'all, go out. It does the way. Mm. We take them out, y'all, bring the most of them over to the pedal at that gas field. Yeah, okay. And uh, I worked a lot of nights. Go to work at 11 o'clock and get off at 3 o'clock the next afternoon. Wow. 16 hours. Go home, take a shower, bath, do that old shower. Mm -hmm. Get in a tub and take a bath. And sleep for about three or four hours. And uh, then Beth, and, I mean, Virginia, mm -hmm. would try to keep the youngest quiet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they, was, they was long, they was running over. Oh, yeah. What he miss school to Harley, I don't think. That's right. And uh, I was in the 60s, I guess. 65. Then it began to get a little better. Uh-huh. Then... Getting a little better because you, you stayed I, at the railroad and you, you stopped. I worked the railroad at night 13 years. Mm -hmm. And then... I got laid off. During the wintertime, they hauled a lot of that butane gas out of the oil gas field at Petal, Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And I was getting plenty of work down there then. But then when it began to get warmer weather, they quit shipping that gas out to states that didn't have any gas. Florida was the biggest user of that butane they said mm. so i was out of a job okay and one of the men that i worked with told me he belonged to a union mm. the switzerland's union they called it and he was in the know about the union and he said there was a railroad in houston texas that was hired 
anybody that wanted to work. So I heard about it, and at that time, my younger sister, Ruth, and her husband, she was married. They lived in Houston, Texas. So I went over there. I had a 56 Ford. 56 yeah, Ford pickup? No, car. Okay. A car. Okay. <clears throat> I went over there and went to this railroad about, I don't know what time it was, around 12 o'clock. I got there. It took about six hours then. It wasn't no interstate. That wasn't even built. Mm. I went to this railroad. Yes, sir, we need somebody. Here is an authorization paper to go get you a physical examination. Told them where to go. <coughs> so I found a clinic, examined me. I passed everything. I went back out to Ruth and, and, uh, and went to Ruth's house and lay down about dark. And I, I, was, I was on the exit board. I lay down and went to sleep. And about 9 o'clock, here comes the telephone. You need to come out here to so-and-so little yard way off out there about 10 miles other side of Houston. They done work out there, little 10 to 15 tracks of cars. Need you out there at 11 o'clock tonight. Mm. And I didn't know where <laughs> any world I was going. I had to find it. I finally found it. Yes, sir. I asked him a lot of questions. Uh-huh. And, uh, I worked there then till that fall, and I got laid off at that railroad. Business fell off. Mm. A lot of business. Mm. And it was getting a lot of scrap iron from all over the country and loading it on ships and sending it overseas to some country. Anyway, I got laid off from railroad there. Port, uh, I forgot the name of the railroad now. So I peddled around a little service station job, pumping gas mm. at a service station. And it wasn't about a month. I bought a house over there in Houston. Made a down payment on it. And, uh, Bought the house. I had Sheryl and Beth, two girls at that time. Mm -hmm. All I had. <clears throat> and I don't know what, how long it was after I got laid off working at a station, service station. Southern Railroad called me back <laughs> here in Hattiesburg. We need you to come to work, extra board. Business is picking up. You got 15 days to report. Mm -hmm. Okay, I, I left them over there, and here I come back in a car. And I stay with Mamo and Papa Flint. Mm -hmm. Flint uh, lived out there and, and worked at the railroad in Hattiesburg whenever they'd call me for an extra job. Regular man would lay off. So finally, it wasn't long. I got somebody a truck out of Ellisville, Simpson, old man Simpson, black man. I got him to hire. I hired him. And here we go to Houston. We load up everything I got in that truck mm -hmm. and bring it back. And I just let the house go. Okay. All I'd ever paid was one down payment. payment. I don't know, two or three orders, and maybe a payment or two. I don't know. Don't remember. <laughs> I just give it up, yeah. leave it. 
Yeah. And I, I ain't never heard nothing from them. Uh-huh. I brought everything back to you. We rented a house down in Ellisville. Okay. And then I, That's when you stick I started getting on into masonry then. Mm -hmm. Started working masonry a little bit. And uh, I worked there for about two years, I guess. Then, well, the railroad, I was trying to hold both jobs. The railroad switching car mm -hmm. and masonite plant. Yeah. And finally, I had to give up one of them. They got hot on my butt. And you picked the I railroad. I laid off so much to one of the other places. You so picked I the gave up masonite. Okay. And stayed with the railroad then. And it's pretty hard for a couple of three years. When I worked that night shift, I finally got a regular job on a night job, 11 o'clock to 7. And I worked that for 13 years, that night job. And finally somebody retired and I got an evening job, mm. 3 o'clock to 11 o'clock. And I don't know how long I stayed with that. Yeah. Finally, way on up later, I was had enough seniority I could hold a day job. Yeah. Eight o'clock till four o'clock, age four, in the daytime. And I worked out right there until uh, they started cutting me off in the laurel. I changed the laurel. I left my seniority in Hattiesburg, I had a choice. Keeping it, working down there, driving from Ellisville to Hattiesburg, or I could transfer my seniority to Laurel. So it was only eight miles from where I was living to Laurel. Mm -hmm. So I said, hey, I'm going to Laurel. Yeah. That was in 1970. And I stayed there from 70 working on the, on the Southern Railroad mm -hmm. in that little yard up there until I retired in 90. Yeah, 90. Was. I knew it was when I was young. I, I couldn't remember the year that you retired. I knew you, I was young when you retired. 90. Okay. These were uh, the first. December the 1st of 1990. Okay. I resigned a release and take the little payoff mm -hmm. from the railroad. They were trying to get rid of uh, all the older men that was working. Mm -hmm. They wanted younger men because they didn't have to pay them as much, 80% what I was getting paid, and the insurance wasn't as good. So the railroad started paying off us older men mm -hmm. in our 60s, around 60. So that's when I'll take that little payoff. Yeah. And, uh, and I retired. And I've been on that pinch since uh, December the 1st, 1990. Okay. That's how many years I've been retarded. Well... <laughs> I call it retarded. retarded. Well, well, uh, I think we're all all do a little bit of that retired time. Uh, so, what about this? What about church? Whenever you were a kid, did y'all go? Did y'all have a church that y'all went to? Where? Whenever you were a kid living in Center Ridge, did y'all have a church that y'all went to? Or that wasn't no. a thing in, in y'all's family? No, we didn't. What it was, my mother, mm -hmm. she was belonged to this holdingness bunch. Holdingness? You know what that is? Holdingness? The shouting and the hollering. Oh, okay, yes, yeah, okay. She believed that. Mm -hmm. And just below our house, The people in the community, the members, I guess they call them, mm -hmm. went out there and cleaned up, cleaned up a little place in the woods, mm. side of the dirt road, and built some benches on 
some little po uh, stumps like mm -hmm. to sit on. And the preacher had him pull a pit up, yonder, and he get up there and preach, and they'd all get down here sitting down. There. I I just can't remember this part of it. And uh, that's where most of the time we went to church. Okay. We called it church. Mm-hmm. Really, it was a rush arbor, a brush arbor church. Okay. <laughs> call it a brush arbor. Yeah, well, whatever works. And then we lived there at Center Ridge, mm -hmm. where the old house was. Mm-hmm. That was in the 30s. Oh, yeah. The Grand Old Opry hadn't been on the air long from Nashville. Mm. We didn't have a radio, didn't have electric lights, didn't have heat except for the fireplace. What type of lighting did y'all use? A lamp. Was it kerosene? Coal oil. Okay. Kerosene, coal oil. They, mm -hmm. they call it coal oil then, but mm -hmm. it's really kerosene. Okay. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just we mean. would, uh, at night, on Saturday night now, mm -hmm. Grand Ole Opry night, there was a man who lived probably three-quarters of a mile from our house. Mm -hmm. He had a radio. And it was only AM radio then, mm. or no FM. Mama would light that lamp right at dark, and her and me and Ruth <coughs> walked down this dirt road mm. to his house and sat there and listened to the Grand Ole Opry on his radio. That was a treat. In his house. Yeah. AM, it, back then, it would fade out. It'd go slam off. And the AM would come back. Yeah. <laughs> is that analog? That, that's the light we used to walk up and down that road with. Okay. I remember that well. That's Dirt road, barefooted, no shoes. <laughs> Didn't have any shoes in the summertime. Y'all, so y'all had shoes, y'all just chose not to wear them during no, the summertime? Didn't, didn't have any. They wore out, threw them away during And what type of... Get them during the wintertime. Would they be just leather with laces? Huh? Would they just be like leather gaiters with laces yeah, in them? Just regular leather shoes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I ain't going to hold you too much longer, Papa. I did want to ask one, uh, I guess, philosophy question. Well, I don't know what that means. Well... Have you figured out what the meaning to this crazy thing we call life is yet? <laughs> is there, is there anything that you can say that we're all here to do, regardless of what our individual journey is? Um, what was the most fulfilling thing about life for you? I don't, I don't know. Like importance, as far as. You say you did the Navy. That was a great experience. Um, you you had you was married and had children. You built your own house. You did a lot of great things. You did a lot of brave things. Was there one thing in life that you recall as being like, that's what I'm living for right there. That's what life is about to me. I don't know what I, I don't understand. Let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. I'm a seventh grade dropout. Yeah. Well, School. Uh-huh. As far as I, I went, about the middle of the seventh grade, out of Sand Hill School when it was running. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> during the 40s. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I stopped out of school, and I went to work with old man Heinz Stringer, mm -hmm. and he had a knee-high RC coal route, drove a truck, and go around from town to town each day, mm -hmm. a uh, selling RC colors. I helped him on that route. And then when I got out of the Navy in 54, as Virginia and I married, I decided I wanted to get me an education. Mm -hmm. 
I didn't have nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's when I went to Mississippi Southern, Hattiesburg, and take that GDE test. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I passed it the first time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's multiple questions. I remember there was four answers, and I had to catch this right, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I had to go back a second time and take it and uh, I didn't I passed it second time but I barely passed it mm-hmm. and got my GED paper yeah uh, so I, I guess I can say I got a half education well I'm you can continue. I wasn't trying to interrupt you. In what? I said you can continue if you weren't done. I wasn't trying to interrupt you. Uh, I, I was, that was all okay. about it. That well, was it. That's fine. That's it. Um, and I really appreciate you doing this with me, Papa. Is you there know. anything else that you could that you? You're welcome.